0: Hey what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this is a bonus Q&A episode outside of my regular podcasting schedule. Uh, apologies in advance. Uh, I know I do sound quite congested today, uh, but, uh, I have some time sensitive announcements that I also want to, uh, get out. So that's, uh, one main reason for, for doing this podcast in the first place. Uh, so yeah, and I didn't get, get healthy in time. So now I just have to, have to deal with it and get this podcast uh, recorded and get it out there. Uh, last Friday, I posted a request for questions on Instagram on the Scientific Travel on Instagram account, uh, Scientific on HQ. Be sure to uh, give us a follow uh, because I might do more of these in the future, and then you'll have a chance to send in your questions for those Q&As. Uh, but uh, yeah, before that, as I said, I have some uh, t- time-sensitive announcements that I want to get out to all of you. And uh, I didn't manage to get them into the regular episodes just because I had recorded quite a few of them already in advance. Uh, in advance so uh, yeah I'll get to them now if you want to skip ahead a few minutes you're not interested in, interested in announcements about a new training plan uh, and about reg- registration for our Mallorca 2023 training camp then just feel free to skip ahead for a few minutes while I go through these announcements and announcements, and then we get on to the Q&A. So first announcement uh, Mallorca 2023 training camp This is our flagship training camp where we will have athletes of a wide range of abilities, plenty of coaching staff, fantastic facilities with pool and bike shop and what have you right on the hotel premises, a great buffet uh, at the hotel. Uh, The hotel really caters to athletes and, of course, the amazing landscapes and scenery of Northern Mallorca where you have some of the most famous climbs of the island. The dates of this camp are the 25th of March to the 1st of April 2023 and registration is now open. You can find all The information on scientificdrafthlon.com. So please go there and read more if you're interested. And contact me if you have any questions. On the training camp page on the website, uh, you will have a registration form that you should fill out if you want to register. We had a fantastic week this year, and I'm sure it will be even better next year. Uh, One reason that I'm so sure is that I'm sure we will see some weather improvements because we were a bit unlucky with the weather. Uh, But uh, I think uh, chances are we'll have a lot better weather this year. Uh, The second announcement is a new training plan. If you have been following any of my ready-made training plans in the past, then you've probably seen that I've slowly but surely been creating training plans for each of the four standard standardized triathlon distances that we have, uh, meaning the sprint, Olympic, half and full distance. And for each distance, I've been creating three different plans based on the level of the athlete, uh, meaning a beginner, intermediate and advanced version. And this week I completed the final one that was missing, which was the advanced sprint distance plan. And as I've always done whenever launching a new plan over the last two or three years, uh, I want to give a special opportunity for early adopters of this new training plan. So until Sunday, the 14th of August, you can get 60% off from the regular price of the plan. Uh, it's currently only available as a Training Peaks version, uh, but the easiest way to go about purchasing the plan is to go to the Scientific Triathlon uh, website, scientifictriathlon.com. And on the training plans page there, you will find the correct link to buy this plan on the training peaks marketplace. And you will also find the discount code that you should use there to get that 60% discount. But I'll mention it here and I'll put it in the episode description so you can see it in your podcast app. The discount code is advanced sprint, all capital letters uh so yeah i'll put those links there i'll also put the link to the majorca training camp in the episode description and finally a super quick mention mention it's not a new announcement because i've been talking about this before but we do still have a handful of slots left for our advanced athlete only training camp in portugal in january so if that sounds like something you're interested in then check out the information on scientifictriathlon.com. and register or contact me if you have any questions and that goes for all of these announcement announcements and uh, please email me michael at scientifictriathlon.com i'm really really bad at checking my instagram or facebook messages so unfortunately they often go unanswered email is by far the best way uh, to to reach me Okay, so now let's move on to the Q&A part of the episode. If you're a long-time listener, you know that I would often uh, in the past take 45 minutes or so to answer one, sometimes two questions. For this one, I want to get through more questions than one or two. So by necessity, it will be a little bit less detailed than some of those historical Q&As. And I will gear my answers more towards the practical tips and advice, not so much theoretical deep dives. So keep that in mind. And with that, the first question is from uh, Gobble Stuff on Instagram, who asks, uh, what strategy for an aggressive weight loss, uh, 8 to 10% of body mass, uh, two months before an A-race without a performance loss? Uh, I guess, would you recommend or uh, yeah, Uh, so there's a question there. Uh, And my answer to that would be that two months before an A-race is not the time for any kind of aggressive weight loss. Uh, There is no strategy that will make it possible to lose a a lot of weight while maintaining, let alone improving performance. Uh, I should say before I say anything else, by the way, that I'm not a registered dietitian. Uh, so uh, you really should talk to a registered dietitian if that is something that you're thinking of or planning, that, that would help you. But but I do think that most RDs would say that an aggressive weight loss strategy is actually rarely a good idea, even if you're not an endurance athletes, athlete. And generally the advice you hear given is that sustainable weight loss is up to but no greater than a half a kilogram or one pound per week. Uh, and that, that kind of weight loss could be possible for you while maintaining performance at least for some time could it be maintained for two months i'm not so sure because then you're getting up into if you're at that upper end so half a kilogram you're already up at uh well what would that be four kilos in two months um yeah it's it's tricky it really depends on how much weight you have to lose if you're at 20 percent body fat or more then uh yeah it probably is possible but if you're in the 12 to 15% body fat range and you feel that yeah I could lose some fat uh, then you could but also you you would not be able to lose it in that at that rate uh, for that long without uh, without risking losing your performance. So so I would see that as being yeah, very difficult and risky, not, not worth it. You would need to take a more conservative rate of weight loss, so maybe a quarter of a kilogram or half a pound per week, uh, while also being able to train hard and maintain or improve performance. Uh, so basically reducing the rate of weight loss, the the less weight you have to lose in the first place. Uh, again, it's always best to work with an with an RD or registered dietitian if you want to lose weight and also train for endurance sports. But that being said, uh, I'm sure you do want some some tips. So I'll I'll try to give some tips that can help you maybe lose a little bit of low hanging fruit if you have any low hanging fruit that that you might lose in terms of weight, uh, and uh, that you could probably in that case lose without negatively impacting your your endurance training. So so I have some tips or some do's and don'ts that you can use for this specific training. And first, I would say, don't limit yourself in the amounts that you're eating. Eat until you're satisfied, but do eat mindfully so that you notice when that happens. Secondly, don't train fasted and don't change how you fuel your workouts in any way. Uh, thirdly, do uh, reduce or minimize alcohol. Uh, do minimize or reduce or minimize eating out and also ready-made meals like store-bought meals and try to eat the vast majority of your meals as home cooked Uh, cook in bulk and store in plastic containers that you can freeze and bring to work Uh, that's a good tip that you can use Uh, also do reduce or minimize desserts and sweets Uh, other than uh, as an exception if you're fueling workouts with things like gummy beers or haribos that's totally fine don't reduce those but things that are outside of training and uh, do reduce or minimize very calorically dense uh, side spreads and condiments, so yeah sauces uh spreads and so on that don't really contribute to your key nutrients that you want to get in your your carbs your proteins your uh vitamins and minerals uh and i mean two of my favorite things ever peanut butter and mayo fall in this category so so whenever i try to do this this is this one is always the hardest one for me but uh yeah if you can manage that then uh, that can help you reduce some calories without without losing out on important nutrients and uh finally do make sure that you eat plenty of good quality protein from a variety of sources so that you retain muscle mass uh, while you are losing uh, body fat because otherwise you will also be uh, losing some muscle mass most likely if you're not eating enough protein all right so that's the first question the second one is from uh, Clement, who asks how many intensity sessions to do per week and how to divide them between sports there is no one right answer to this it depends on a lot of different factors like your fitness level your experience level how injury prone you are the event you're training for what type of intensity sessions we're talking about so uh, there's a difference between tempo and threshold and VO2 work and so on Uh, so to start with i can give you a couple of examples of this from the advanced sprint distance plan that i just talked about Uh, so let's remember the context here this plan is for advanced athletes with a high fitness level and normally a relatively long history in the sport. Uh, also, the training volume in the plan is normally 13 to 15 hours per week. Uh, and uh, there is there are 11 to 12 endurance workouts per week as well, plus a couple of short strength circuits. So within this context, in the early parts of the plan, we build up from only one intense session per week to three of them. And until week eight of the plan, it remains at three intense workouts per week, one in each sport. Then in week nine, the plan moves into a block of tempo and threshold training, and at this point, we're doing five intense workouts. Partially because everything is at or below threshold, so it is a bit more sustainable. Uh, when doing that kind of intensity, than doing, for example, VO two max work, uh, because you do you control that intensity of the of the hard workouts. Uh, and uh, the other reason that we can do five intense workout at this point is that, well, we've already built up a strong base for already advanced and fit athletes, so, so it's possible. But then later on in the plan, when we move into an even higher intensity block, a VO2 max block, Uh, Because the workouts in that period are so intense and so demanding, the number of intense workouts drops down to three again, so one per discipline. Uh, This is just one example of how even for a specific level of athlete uh, and a specific distance, the number of intensity sessions can and should be periodized according to the overarching objective of each training phase. Another example is if you're training for an Ironman, in the specific training blocks, a lot of your hard sessions will actually be low-intensity sessions. Uh, so that's a bit paradoxical. But it's just that when you do really long workouts with lots of Ironman intensity, it gets hard. Even though the intensity is quote-unquote low because it's, you know, it's below your first threshold or at your first threshold generally. But that doesn't mean that these sessions are any less costly than a short and intense session uh, just because they're so long and, and they're extremely demanding. So yeah you might be an ironman athlete and have zero intense sessions but you have a lot of hard sessions if that makes sense. Uh so in in terms of how to think about this and approach your own situation I think that you you could benefit from using a bottom up approach. So and let me illustrate that uh to explain. First start by thinking about your frequency of training. Uh so is your three, frequency of training how often you you work out is that appropriate for where you are and where you want to go do you need to decrease increase or maintain second think about your volume of training is that appropriate for where you are and where you want to go and third think about your endurance workouts because we are endurance athletes after all so we all need to do that aerobic endurance work even if we're time crunched I have never met or spoken to an endurance athlete, no matter how time crunched, that I would recommend not to do any aerobic endurance workouts and only do some sort of intensity. So uh, put at least a few key endurance workouts into your plan. Make sure there is room for that. And fourth, uh, now think about intensity. So if you don't do very many training sessions per week, then you might not have much flexibility at this point. Maybe if you're doing five workouts per week and you already put in three endurance workouts, uh, then that limits your use of the remaining two sessions and probably making those two sessions more intense is a good idea. If on the other hand, you're somebody doing 14 workouts a week and you're not necessarily limited uh, because perhaps you put in six key endurance workouts in that previous step, then you have room to add eight intense workouts But obviously, that's probably not going to be uh, ideal and what you choose to do. So this is where you have to start thinking about other constraints, like how many hard workouts can I do and still consistently manage to do my planned frequency and volume of training? And how many hard workouts can I do and still manage to do them with good quality? And how many quality workouts can I do and still manage to do them without getting injured or, or trained? So this is just to... Explain the thought process to you, uh, or a simplified version of the thought process, anyway. Uh, I know I haven't given you a clear answer because uh, unfortunately there is none, but I can give you a very rough rule of thumb if you find that helpful. Uh, most triathletes that have been in endurance sports for two years or more, I find can do one intense workout per discipline per week. So that would be three total intensity workouts. Then from there, the better your fitness and the bigger your athletic experience in both in years, but also in how much training volume you have accumulated in your body, the more your ability to take on more uh, more intense workouts increases so here when I say more I mean uh, more in terms of the number of intense workouts uh, and in my experience up to two per discipline per week for athletes that train 12 to 14 times or more per week uh, and close to 15 hours or more per week can be possible so that would mean six intense workouts and when I say intense I mean that includes things like tempo the threshold and so on it it's not just things that are above above your second threshold or critical power so it includes those tempo and threshold workouts then factors like injury proneness will reduce the number and age can also reduce this number although that's not true in all cases and uh and it's it's a bit overrated i think the age factor because it in my experience it comes down to other other factors uh, mostly before it comes down to age uh, but another one that is important as well is uh, really important actually is work plus family stress that can really uh, decrease the number of uh, intense workouts that uh, that an athlete can, can handle so there's a lot to think about there uh, I'm sorry for the vagaries but it really does depend so I hope that this helps okay I'm back after an attempt at a decongestion break so let's see how that goes The third question is from uh, Stefano who asks how to deal with injury mentally for example feeling down or depressed because cannot train. So this is another question where I have to caveat this by saying that the best person to ask this question would be a good sports psychologist and I actually have a good resource there in a an older podcast episode, episode 118, where I interviewed Carrie Cheadle who is now actually Carrie Jackson. She is a sports psychologist, and she specializes in uh, athletes dealing with injuries. She has a podcast on that topic and a book center on the topic. I haven't read to... You can listen to episode 118 on my podcast. That's, uh, it was great to talk to Carrie. I remember that that interview, so it's definitely recommended. Uh, I, I can't say that I have read her book or listened to her podcast, but it's definitely worth giving a try if you struggle with this. So you can find that on carryjackson.com. Uh, and uh, yeah I'll link to that in the episode description but now let me give some of my own advice just based on my experience and not so much any education in sports psychology Uh, so the first thing I would say is that you should shift your mindset from one of trying to become fitter to one of trying to become healthy. So for now, you have to stop seeing training as the, as the thing that you should be doing. Instead, the things you should be doing include things like getting a diagnosis, working with experts to make a plan for recovery, then execute that plan. Uh, whenever you do. Uh, something on that path to recovery feel happy and accomplished about the fact that you are prioritizing what you should be prioritizing rather than down about the fact that you are seeing the doctor instead of being training or whatever it might be or doing a rehab session instead of doing a bike or run session Uh, the second tip is to work with somebody you like and trust and depending on your injury this is usually either a doctor or a physiotherapist uh, but having somebody with the right expertise in your corner will not only help you get back quicker, but it will also help you feel better about it uh, because you know that you are taking the right steps towards recovery and you're having somebody that uh, cares for you and cares about your recovery as well, which is which is a good thing uh, in itself. Uh, third, focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do. So depending on the injury, maybe you can swim and bike. Uh, and sometimes an injury keeps you away from just one or maybe two of the sports, but that can be a good opportunity to double down on one or two of the others. So, and that's one of the best things about triathlon, really, the, the variety and the fact that quite often when you're injured, you can still do something so then make sure you enjoy that and make use of that time and uh, if that means going from doing uh, two swims a week to seven swims a week then so be it you're going to become a much better swimmer for sure if you if you do that for a while and uh, uh, then tip number four is to also focus on things that you can do uh, outside of triathlon for most of us, it's difficult in between our work, family and triathlon training normally to fit in things like social events and other hobbies. So, so when you're injured, make lemonade out of the lemons and uh, do some of those things that you don't normally have time for, but now you do and that you would like to be doing. So it could be literally anything that, that you. That you, that you like doing social events learn a language learn how to code read more books watch some shows or films cooking projects diy projects and the list goes on uh, and the fifth tips is to read and learn about other athletes and their comebacks from injuries uh, many athletes and Persons have been where you are now and come back stronger. So learning more about these athletes and their stories can help you feel a lot better about your current state. And it can be both inspirational and aspirational. And uh, sixth and finally, seeing a sports psychologist can also be a uh, great to help you dealing with injury mentally, regardless of if the other tips worked or did not work. But especially if they did not work, then I would say definitely uh, it might be worth it to, uh, to find a good sports psychologist to help support you. And uh, then finally, the fourth question is from Christian who asks... I did triathlon many years ago and want to start again now. I stumbled about your podcast, uh, I guess stumbled upon your podcast, and think it's a great source of information. So here is my question: As I will only compete next year, how would you recommend to train the next six months? As I do not need an off season, I aim for mid or long distance. I am forty five. Consider myself being in good shape. Uh, I run fifteen to twenty kilometers per week. I hike a lot in the mountains, up to twelve hours. I cycled 30 to 80 kilometers, but not so regularly and didn't swim for the last decade. Uh, I do some Thai boxing. I am 1 meter 95 centimeters and 96 kilograms at 10% body fat, so rather muscular. All right, so uh, a bit like our second question, there's, there's a lot of it depends here, but the overarching objective for you over the next six months should be to just build consistency and resilience to training load. So focusing first on building frequency, even if your workouts are very short at the beginning, then gradually, and I mean gradually, increase volume uh, you can probably do a good three months without doing any structured intensity, uh, by just, yeah, working on that frequency and volume. But at the same time, uh, feel free to have fun when you're training by just adding in some unstructured intervals, trying to improve your time on local climbs when out on the bike and so on, or, or using the terrain to run fast every once in a while. Uh, so, uh, it's not that you shouldn't do that. You should only train easy, but it's that you don't necessarily need to do any structured intensity per se uh for someone just entering or re-entering the sport like you i would recommend to every four weeks back down on volume and when you get to the point of adding intensity into your program also back down on intensity and then after let's say three months if that's when you start adding in structured intensity i would say do one hard swim and one hard bike for another month or two and then after that uh yeah for one one more month i would say and then Uh, And then you can add in a third hard workout, which would be a hard run. Uh, But when you do add that hard run, keep the amount of hard running really low and ramp it up very gradually. Uh, So Because the run you just need to be so much more careful with than the other disciplines in general when you do add these structured workouts you can definitely mix it up it's not there's no magic intervals and you can sometimes do uh, short intervals but really high intensities and sometimes longer threshold-like intervals uh, and uh, yeah just mix it up a bit uh, but have, have a plan for what you will be doing and and then do that because still these first six months will be really it's all about building a base for you at, at that point Uh, some other notes that i would uh, recommend the swim is a bit different than the bike and the run in that in that in the swim you want to focus uh, really heavily on improving your technique after 10 10 years of not swimming and that might involve getting a couple of lessons or getting good video footage of you swimming and having it be reviewed by by an expert like a coach Uh, and i would also say that uh, it would be great to have a physiotherapy assessment to find if you have any limitations or imbalances that might cause issues, and then do preventive mobility and strength work to make sure that this does not become an issue. Uh, also, just general strength training for injury prevention as you are starting to do a lot of repetitive work in one dimension, which injury sports is that would be very beneficial. Uh, so, yeah, ideally uh, getting that physiotherapy assessment—it's it will be a good investment if it uh, prevents you from getting injured. Uh, later on, which, uh, is very likely to happen because, uh, most athletes as they're entering or re entering the sport do get injured, unfortunately. But it doesn't have to be like that, uh, if you're smart about it, both in terms of how you build things up, as discussed before, and then also taking care of any potential, uh, issues that might crop up early on. Uh, another point that i want to make is to work on skills uh, swimming we already mentioned swim technique but on the bike as well get out on the road a lot with your bike and uh, don't be too stuck on the swift or your trainer get out on the road practice cornering, descending uh, practice your aero position if you already have a tt bike uh, things like that uh, if you can if, if you feel that you have any discomfort or so then getting a bike fit would definitely be recommended but if you feel fine then maybe that's something that you can do a bit closer uh or maybe early next year uh at or when you have a time trial bike if you're going to get a time trial bike to to do the races on uh, but i mean it's never too uh, it's never too early to do a bike fit but uh, i guess that it's more of a prioritization and how much money you have to spend as a kind of down payment as you're starting triathlon Uh, and i would actually probably prioritize the physiotherapy appointment if you had to choose between the two and that is but that is assuming that you are comfortable on your bike because you say that you have already been riding riding a bit so so you would know that uh, and, uh, yeah, then I want to say as well, just be very conservative. Uh, I said it already, but be very conservative with how quickly or I should say slowly you increase your run volume and intensity. In the other sports, you don't have to be quite as careful, but running is where most travel injuries happen. So really, uh, Be conservative there. Remember that it takes months and even years for bone and tendon tissues to fully adapt to the new stress you're putting it under with running. Uh, while in muscle, in soft tissue, these adaptations can happen within hours or days. So that's not, that's not the case with with bone for example or tendon so and those are the types of injuries injuries that you might get from running of course you can get soft tissue injuries as well but uh but you don't get as many of those or you don't really get the bone and tendon injuries as much from uh from swimming and cycling so anyway, uh, all that to say, uh, there is a reason that in running, you need to be so careful and ramp things up so slowly. And uh, the final thing I would say is to enter some fun events and races that excite you uh, just because they're fun, whether it be 5K park runs or trail runs or grand fondos or MTB races, open water swims and so on. You can, you can learn from any race experience and, and it's all part of the training as well. And, and I, I think that's the final tip, probably. Make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing. Like that's, that's the main thing. You, you need to be enjoying what you're doing. Otherwise, uh, it's, uh, you're not going in the right direction. So have those events and races be, be part of that enjoyment. All right. And that's the end of this episode. Again, a quick final reminder that, uh, yeah, the Mallorca 2023 training camp registration is open. Do go and check it out and register if you're interested. And uh, also, if the advanced athlete Algar training camp in 2023 sounds interesting, check that out as well. And, uh, the new advanced sprint distance training plan is launched. And until Sunday, the 14th of August, there is a 60% discount with the promo code advanced sprint all capital letters and for now it's only available on training peaks but go to scientific forward slash plans and there you'll find the correct link to take you to the training peaks marketplace where you can buy the plan all right uh, that's it for from today thank you so much for listening keep training smart and keep loving triathlon